Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and Intentional Ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. The stories I've collected today can be categorized as big planetary protections, wildlife, beyond fossil fuels and plastics, and the contribution of zoos. So going into the first planetary protections, uh, the first story is coming from Scientific American. The closing of the ozone hole has helped slow Arctic warming. The Montreal Protocol of 1987 was an international treaty that saved the Earth's ozone layer. It is often considered one of the most successful environmental efforts in history. Now there's evidence that it did more than just preserve a critical shield for the planet. It effectively phased out the use of chlorofluorocarbons and stopped the hole in the ozone layer from growing, with the expectation of eventual full closure. Recent research shows that those same chemicals are potent greenhouse gases that were also heating up the earth, and the Arctic warming is not as great as it would have been without the Montreal Protocol. The research finds that ozone-depleting chemicals in the atmosphere may have driven as much as half of all the warming the Arctic experienced between 1955 and 2005. And this research points to the power of global cooperation to drive meaningful environmental, environmental change. Second story is of the United Nations calls on nations of the world to protect 30% of the planet. The UN Convention on Biological Diversity released the proposed targets in a first draft of what is expected to become an update to the Global Treaty on Biodiversity later this year. It aims to halt species extinction and also limit climate change by protecting critical wildlife habitat and conserving forests, grasslands, and other carbon sinks. Eric Dinerstein, the lead author of the study and director of Biodiversity and Wildlife Solutions for the Health and Environmental Advocacy Organization, Resolve, said new climate models and biodiversity analyses conducted in the past year underscore the need to protect more than 30% of the planet in the near future. Previously, the IUCN has called for 17% of the land and 10% of the oceans protected by the end of 2020. While advocates like E.O. Wilson and Dave Foreman have pushed for 50% of the planet protected in books like Half Earth, this is the most aggressive and ambitious statement from a governing body. Uh, moving on to wildlife, uh, and this is exciting, a pack of wolves has been spotted in Colorado for the first time in over 70 years. According to CNN.com, Colorado Parks and Wildlife officials confirmed at least six wolves were spotted in Moffett County, the northwestern corner of the state. The pack was found about two miles from a trail of wolf tracks discovered earlier this month. 
Colorado Governor Jared Polis said he's honored to welcome the animals back to the state after their long absence. The last gray wolves were killed around the 40s. The animals were shot, trapped, and poisoned by hunters who, at the time, uh, were protecting their livestock. Under the Endangered Species Act of 1973, gray wolves were protected, meaning anyone who hunted or killed the animals faced federal charges. But in March of last year, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service proposed a rule to remove the gray wolf from the endangered species list after the wolf population has increased. According to the Fish and Wildlife Service, there are more than 5,600 gray wolves in the United States. All right, uh, black rhino population shows steady growth. For the Ol' Pejeta Conservancy in Kenya, 2019 was a particularly positive year. The 17 black rhinos born at the home of East Africa's largest grouping of black rhinos marked a record for the conservancy, a significant conservation success for this critically endangered species. No black rhinos were poached at Ol' Pejeta last year. The success of the black rhino program at the 270 square kilometer sanctuary is a standout example of long-term conservation planning combined with collaboration and a community-focused approach. Ol' Pejeta now has a population of 132 black rhinos as of mid-December 2019, as well as a growing population of southern white rhinos currently standing at 35 individuals, in addition to the remaining two female northern white rhinos. The population declined by 95% from 1960, plummeting from more than 65,000 individuals to fewer than 2,500 animals in 1995, as poaching for rhino horn and land clearance decimated the species. Kenya alone held around 18,000 individuals in 1970, a number which fell to fewer than 400 by 1990. From that historic low, numbers globally have increased to around 5,500 thanks to ongoing high growth rates from continentally important black rhino populations, such as the ones at Ol' Pejeta, based on effective protection, good monitoring, and biological management for growth. Related to the wildlife sales, uh, China has banned the sale of wildlife in an effort to curb the further spread of the deadly coronavirus. According to mongabay.com, the virus outbreak has been traced to the wildlife market as a zoonotic disease that is believed to have originated from the sale of a snake. Wildlife nonprofits have embraced this news as China is the world's largest market for wildlife products and is preparing to host the 2020 Convention on Biological Diversity, the Congress that aims to curb the extinction crisis. All right, moving on to beyond fossil fuels and plastics. Uh, this is also out of China. Uh, according to The Guardian, China's National Development and Reform Commission and the Ministry of Ecology and Environment said plastic bags would be banned in all of China's major cities by the end of 2020 and banned in all cities and towns in 2022. Markets selling fresh produce will be exempt from the ban until 2025. By the end of this year, the restaurant industry will be banned from using single-use straws. By 2025, towns and cities across China must reduce the consumption of single-use plastic items in the restaurant industry by 30%. 
Some regions and sectors will also face restrictions on the production and sale of plastic products, although it is not yet clear which geographical areas. Additionally, China has also banned the import of all plastic waste and the use of, and the use of medical plastic waste in the production of plastic. It's huge. All right, uh, going over to Scotland. Uh, Scotland is to reach its 100% renewable energy goal this year. Scotland, which will host this year's United Nations Climate Summit in November, is considered a global leader on clean energy. Renewable energy powered 59% of Scotland's energy in 2015. In 2017, 68.1% of its energy came from clean sources, a figure which rose to 74.6% by 2018, and now they are set to reach their 100% goal. The country set its goal to leave behind fossil fuels by 2020 and an interim goal of powering 50% of its electricity with renewables by 2015 a target that has been clearly exceeded. NGOs have claimed that the next focus for the government should be in decarbonizing the heat and transportation sectors. The government has pledged to phase out petrol and diesel cars and vans by 2032 as part of the climate change bill. This would mean a massive expansion of the number of electric vehicles and charging stations. Uh, speaking of energy, uh, Fukushima is reborn as Japan's wind and solar hub. A plan is underway to develop 11 solar power plants and 10 wind power plants in the Fukushima prefecture on farmlands that cannot be cultivated anymore and mountainous areas. The total cost is expected to be in the ballpark of 300 billion yen or $2.75 billion uh, until the fiscal year ending in March, 2024. The power generation available is estimated to be about 600 megawatts or equivalent to two thirds of a nuclear power plant. The produced electricity will be sent to the Tokyo metropolitan area. All right, and the European Union unveils its plan to dedicate a quarter of its budget to fighting climate change with a 1 trillion euro green deal. Brussels unveiled a 1 trillion euro investment plan to fight climate change, laying out a roadmap which could put the EU on the path to becoming the first carbon neutral continent by 2050. The European Commission's proposal would dedicate around a quarter of the EU budget to the task, with a new mechanism to help region, regions facing disruption because of the transition to a net zero carbon economy. The mechanism, would allocate cash based on specific criteria, such as how many people work in coal mining or shale gas in any given region. Money could be spent on reskilling workers or investment in new product activities, EU officials said. To qualify for money, member states would have to put forward plans to restructure their economy on low carbon lines, which would have to be signed off by the Commission. National governments would also contribute 100 billion euro with 300 billion euro from the private sector. Another 7.5 billion euro would come from the EU's own budget to act as seed funding to leverage a further 100 billion euro. And finally, uh, Barcelona declares climate emergency vows to have their emissions by 2030. According to the Huffington Post, the Barcelona city government declared a climate emergency and vowed to spend 
$628 million over the next five years to dramatically slash its output of planet heating emissions and fortify the sun-soaked Mediterranean metropolis for the warming that's already unavoidable. Lawmakers in Spain's second largest city unveiled a sweeping policy package that includes 103 measures ranging from bans on polluting vehicles in newly demarcated low emission zones to the creation of more parks to phasing out single-use plastics. This is part of the El New Deal Verde, the center-left Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez's uh, project after he narrowly won re-election last fall and recently swore in his new cabinet. All right, for the final section, uh, talking about zoos, the Greenville Zoo in South Carolina announces it is expecting Amur leopard babies. Jade, a nine-year-old Amur leopard at the Greenville Zoo is pregnant and should give birth within the next month. When the cubs are born, they will join the four other Amur leopards at the zoo their mother, father Nelkin, and two other cubs who were born in April 2017, the zoo's website says. Amur leopards, Panthera pardus orientalis, are one of the world's most critically endangered big cats. They are a leopard subspecies native to the Primor region of southeastern Russia and northern China, and there are only about 84 of them left in the wild and 180 in captivity. And the last piece of news comes out of the Cincinnati Zoo, which celebrates the birth of an endangered okapi calf. The Cincinnati Zoo is celebrating a new addition to the family, a baby okapi. The calf stood, the calf stood up within 45 minutes. The okapi, Okapia johnstoni, also known as the forest giraffe, the Congolese giraffe, or zebra giraffe, is native to the northeast of the Democratic Republic of Congo in Central Africa. Although the okapi has striped markings reminiscent of zebras, it is most closely related to the giraffe. The okapi and the giraffe are the only living members of the family Giraffidae. The IUCN classifies the okapi as endangered. Major threats include habitat loss due to logging and human settlement. Extensive hunting for bushmeat and skin and illegal mining have also led to a decline in populations. The Okape Conservation Project was established in 1987 to protect these populations. All right, those are the headlines. Thanks so much for listening to these stories from around the globe. These news articles help remind me that there are hopeful actions undertaken by motivated people working hard to make a better planet. I hope these stories help uh, inspire you as well. Thanks so much.